At the moment, I don't want to go into a long medical history, okay, because it's really uh, kind of old people tell you all about their medical history, don't they, and all of that stuff. Okay, I'm moving on. But I don't want to go into medical history or something, but I've had an injury, and I've just started back on couch to 5K again. And uh, I've done it one or two times. And uh, there's a, the same coach uh, in my ear that tells me when to run, when to walk, all of that. You've got that, haven't you? you anybody done that? Okay, not many people. I'm on my own here. It's a lonely platform this morning, uh, this evening. And uh, I got to thinking the other day um, that the coach, uh, she, she always says, hello, my name's Laura. Now, I don't want you to think I'm falling in love with her or anything, because that's reserved just for Kathy here. But uh, I was thinking, I wonder what she looks like. I wonder why, if I, if I came across her, I wonder if I could recognize her voice. I wonder if I was in a room and then I'd go, oh, that's your voice, it's Laura. And I was just thinking, I wonder what, how tall she is, I wonder what she looks like, and so on. I wonder if she's ever done the couch to 5K or just tells you how to do it, you know. And um, I wonder today whether or not you really know who we've all been singing about. Now, I'm sure you do, but what Jesus wants you to do is really to know him deeply. He doesn't just want to be a coach, an unknown coach in your ear, giving you instructions. He actually wants to be a really deep friend. He wants to be somebody who you can really get to know. And that's one of the reasons why he taught the parables, because it's like, it's like this is my inner thinking. This is how things work. This is how I want you to understand things. I don't know whether you ever had a real heart-to-heart with somebody where you get to know what they really think about a situation. Well, that's actually what Jesus is doing in the parables. He's sharing his heart-to-heart. And he shares it to share his inner thoughts. Now, everybody, if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Because in his inner thinking, he actually says in verse 11 of 13, he says, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have, not been, have been given to you, but not to the Pharisees. And so that's one of the reasons why he tells you the parables. He wants you to get really into what he really thinks. So we're going to break some of these open. And let me read you the, one of the most famous parables that there actually is. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. Now, I'm going to pause because I'm going to read the first three words of Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. What same day? It was the same day that he'd had an argument with the Pharisees about letting uncleanness into your heart. It was that same day that he'd said to his mother and his brothers, those who do the will of God are more my disciples. It was that same day when they said that only be one sign will be given, the sign of Jonah. It was the day when he'd had lots of debates and thoughts. And it was the day when people had followed him, but then there were other people who had hardened their hearts against him. So that same day, he said, let me teach you 
about receptivity. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight is how to be receptive. So, he sat down by the lake and such large crowd gathered around him, he got into a boat. He's done this before when Peter became a follower. And they sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering his seed. Now, this is what the farmer does. He goes out and he says, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing. Anybody want to have any? See, I'm sowing today. I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing. I've got a chance, you know, Maybe there's some here, maybe there's some there, maybe there's some over there. I wonder why, why would a farmer just scatter seed? Why would a farmer be so untidy and messy? You know, I I promise you, church staff, I'll sweep up afterwards, okay. But what sort of farmer doesn't say, well, let's get it in nice rows and put it in a field? What type of farmer says, I I don't care where this goes because I just need you to have it? It's a farmer who's desperate for a seed to catch. And a farmer who will say something like, "I, I don't care if it falls on the hardest path, if there's a chance that that seed will go into their heart and make a difference, I'm going to take that chance. I'm not going to be efficient and and say, oh, my precious seed, oh, I'm going to do it really properly. I'm going to make sure we cover you up and we water it, and only perfect people can really receive this. If there's one chance, just one millisecond chance that that seed will grow in your heart, he's going to take it on you. Because he's that type of farmer. And you know, we're a little bit efficient, aren't we? You know, we're a little bit like, oh, don't let's waste things. Don't let's, don't let's do something that don't produce a result. Whereas this loving farmer is going to say, I'm scattering it just in case. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. What a waste, farmer. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was so shallow. And when the sun came and the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell amongst the thorns, and it grew up and were choked, and, the, and it, it grew up and choked the plants. Still, other fee, seed fell amongst on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred sixty, or thirty times what it was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, I wonder if you can hear. We'll get to a little bit of the explanation later on. 
But this parable of the sower is about receptivity. And I wonder how receptive you are tonight. It's about mature receptivity that produces effectiveness and fruitfulness. It's about how you receive God's Word down in you. It's how you receive what the message of God is trying to say. In Mark's version of this parable, it says it like this. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And verse 14, the farmer sows the Word. In this parable, the seed is what God's trying to communicate to you. In verse 19 of Matthew 13, it says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. It's clear that in this parable, what the farmer is sowing is God's message, his word. And he's trying to say, are you receptive? I'm going to scatter it. I'm going to give you every person who's going to get an opportunity to receive it. Don't think that, that I'm going to miss anybody out. I'm not only going to go to a particular type of person, but are you receiving it? This parable has four types of people in it. The first person are those who are not open. The second type of people are those who are too open. We're probably going to talk about those two tonight, and we'll pick up the next two next week. But the third type of people is they are open, but they've got other things that they're open to. The fourth type of person are those who are thoughtfully open and process what they're open to. And they produce fruit. Most of us are probably in category three. We are open, but we're also open to other things. And that makes it wonder whether or not God is able to produce from us. So our first question today is, how open are you? As you sit here today, as, as I stand here today, how open are you? And if you're open, are we going to do anything with that openness? Oh, you know what? I am irrationally closed to the BLT sandwich I really don't like bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Bacon, tomato, yes. Lettuce and tomato, yes. BLT, no. I just don't think it's of God at all. And you can say, but I like that, but I'm just not open to it. I don't know what you think. Apple crumble. I'm open to that, yeah. Never with custard. Never with custard. Never with custard. It's just wrong. You've got to have ice cream with apple crumble. Who's with me? Okay. Who's a custard person? Yeah. You know what? There's prayer for you guys. There really is. Some of us are just not... There are some things we're just not open to. We're just irrationally closed. And I wonder if tonight you're thinking... Oh, you know, I may have come across right at the start of this message and you might have thought, I'm not sure I like that guy. And you're already closing. There might be something in your life tonight where you're thinking, I'm just not up for this. But I wonder if you are open to what God might want to plant in your heart both tonight 
and ongoingly so. There are four conditions of receptivity, receptivity and openness that this parable uh, chooses. Uh, I, I only want to perhaps deal with two tonight, and we'll talk about the next two next week. But the first one is represented by the paths. And, and the, the people uh, on the path are those people who are hardened. They are not open. But before we just say, oh, they are hard people, they, you know, they are people who who uh, are not worth a second look. We have to accept that some people are hard because they've been trampled on, like a path. Actually, it says that in Luke's version of this parable. In Luke chapter 8, verse 5, it says, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. Some people are not just hard because they're hard because they're hard. They're hard because they've been stepped on. And I wonder if you're one of those people tonight. We care about that. The birds ate it up because these were people who had their defenses up. These are the people who have got their, their heart that, that, it, that it's been opened in the past and it's been trampled on so much that that they now got a gate or a fence up because they don't want to get trampled on again. Let's also observe that some might say that sowing on a path was such a waste of time, but God will show sow anywhere because his word can change any heart and environment. That's why the enemy quickly snatches it away. Did you notice that? The, the seed is sowed straight away on the path. And it lands on the heart. And before it can have much of an effect, because that person's closed and saying, I've been hurt so much in the past. They're not just bad people, they're trampled on people. That the enemy seeing that snatches it quickly. So that it goes. In Jesus' explanation, he says those birds are like the enemy coming, and he steals it. Don't, do not write yourself off thinking that God will never bother with you. No matter how much you've been trampled on, know that the enemy knows that if you can just get a little bit of a seed in that hardness, in that hurt, the enemy knows that that will take root and it will begin to change that. And so tonight, let me just minister to you. If you are the sort of person where you've had lots of things happen to you in your life and, and you've got your defenses really up, understand that if you'll just wait and give it time this seed will change things in your life. And that if you could not allow the enemy to say, oh, don't bother, don't bother, don't bother, and you'll just refuse that thought and just give it some time, something is going to happen in your life. But here's what I'm going to say to you. Hardness attracts darkness. So even if your hardness is not your fault, 
Even if it's because you've been a trampled on person and it's not your fault, you still have to deal with it because hardness always attracts the activity of Satan. Always. Whether it's your fault or not. Whether it was somebody in your past or somebody in your present. The pattern of hardening begins to limit our understanding and our, even our ability to understand. If you go over to a book called Ephesians, it says they are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Their ability to understand is, is intact. Uh, that's there, but it's the hardening that's the issue. So I want to say to you, it's really important that you begin to say, why am I like this? What are my defenses about? What am I worried about? Who, who am I saying might trample me again? It's also not that the word is not able to actually penetrate. There's no problem with the seed. The Bible says in Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown, look at the words carefully, in the heart. There is no problem with the seed being able to enter your heart. It's just as the enemy comes quickly to snatch it because our defenses go up. It's because of this hardening that you can lose what God is trying to say to you. And so this is my saying to you. Operate at a heart level. You have to begin to say, God, no matter what I've been through, I want to operate at a heart level. So here's the answer. Soften your heart. Tonight, I want to appeal to you. I want to come alongside you as, as perhaps a brother and maybe a little bit of a pastor. We do some softening of your heart in, in perhaps two ways. The first way is to water. You have to water a path. You, the path will always stay hard if you don't water it. You have to expose your heart to watering. You have to expose your heart by slowing down and saying, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Even though you'll have lots of thoughts that say, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. You've been hurt in the past. You've been hurt in the past. You've been trampled on. You have to water a path in order to make it soft. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews. So as to the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart as you did in your rebellion during the times of testing in the wilderness. There was a time when you were being tested. There was a time when you were in the wilderness. It was all dry. But those days can be over if you'll just give it some time and soften your heart. Can I appeal to you tonight? Can I, can I rather than just say a message, can I speak on a heart level to you to get somewhere to your heart to say, can you soften? Your instinct is to close and to run away. 
But can you stay still just for a moment and let God's message come in that you're worth it and that he's going to sow into you and that no matter what's happened to you and how much you've been trampled on, he doesn't think his word is a waste in your life. Can somebody say amen? Can you just begin to say, hang on, let me stop. You see, the other thing about softening your heart is you have to begin to understand that your heart has become like a path. And a pathway is very defined. It's, it's got routines. It's got boundaries. It's, it's trampled on so much that it's like worn out in a, in a certain direction. And actually, in order to soften your heart, you have to change your fixed routines and you have to change the pattern of what you do and stop being that rigid path and begin to say, I'm going to open myself up to something different. The reason you're hard is because you never open yourself up to something that could be different for you so that God can give you a different experience. Because God loves you and he doesn't want that seed to be stolen out of your life. You see, a lot of Christians are sitting here tonight and you might be thinking, oh, well, the Bible says that that just happens. Why would God waste his seed if it just happens? Soften your heart. Allow him to come close to you. Why don't you right now, just in your own thinking, begin to say, God, I don't want anything stolen from me because of hardness. I don't want anything because of my routines, because of my patterns of thinking. Because God, you're a generous farmer. You never waste anything, but you would at least take a chance on me. Soften your heart tonight. You know, the farmer, he sows some seed on some rocky places. And these are people who are too open. They don't give enough thought to what they're signing up to. And we know that Jesus said this, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, and won't you first sit down and estimate the cost and see if you've got enough money to complete it? The issue here with this second group of people is that they don't take enough time to process the implications of what Jesus is saying. They receive it with joy, and joy is fine. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But we want to develop all the fruit, the fruit of long-suffering, the, the fruit of being able to be kind, the fruit of faithfulness. The idea is that the people are not rooted and that's why they lose out because they have no root. That's what Jesus says in the parable. They don't make Christ and his love their source. Listen to what the parable says in verse 21. But since they have no root, the issue is they're not rooted. Since they don't have any root, they only last a short time. So when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They have no root. This is what the book of Ephesians says. See to it 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you are rooted and established in his love. I've got a really simple message for you tonight. Open up your heart and allow that love to become more real to you. Just soften your heart because actually it's the love of God that will feed you. You see, that's what a root does. A root is a feeding system into the plant. But the Bible says we are to be rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith, just as we were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. Trust and faith is what feeds you. God's love is what feeds you. You have to continue in Him as your source. People who receive the message and then they're always kind of falling away when things get tough is because they don't have the right feeding. They don't feed themselves and they don't fill themselves with the right things. Luke puts it this way. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. I wonder if you'll stand with me. What's really important tonight is that you have to develop some roots. You have to develop something that feeds you. And here are the things that feed you. Just as hardness attracts darkness. I don't want to say to you again. I want to kind of appeal to you tonight. Could you allow me to be a kind of counselor to you? Hardness always attracts darkness. So please, soften your heart. I appeal to you. Don't be a hard-hearted person. But just as hardness attracts darkness, receiving the Word will always attract trouble. Oh, it's gone really quiet in here now. But when you receive the Word, you'll always attract some sort of friction or persecution or trouble or something where you're going against the grain of the law of the, of the world. And so understand that you becoming a Christian or you standing as a Christian tonight means that you're going to have to develop some roots so that you can feed on God's love, on God's trust, so that you can stand. Kay Warren was the pastor of Rick Warren, uh, excuse me, the wife of Pastor Rick Warren, and she said, the reason I could stand the storm of the suicide of my son is that I've been sinking my roots down into Christ for years. You need to be rooted in Christ's love. Please just close your eyes just for a moment. And would you almost let the sound of my voice speak into your heart when I want to say to you, He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. Because He cares for you, He loves you, He loves you. And you've got to almost baptize your heart with that love. You've got to baptize your life with that love. You've got to begin to say to yourself, with your love, Oh God, 
I love you. You see, that will become a feeding thing in your life. You'll begin to feed yourself. You'll begin to say, oh God, when nobody else loves me, you love me. Come on, why don't you just raise your hand with me. It's a real simple message tonight. Soften your heart and understand that you are loved by God. Soften your heart and put some roots down. Put the roots down of feeding, of saying, I'm not just going to come to meetings. I'm going to put my roots into God where I know that he loves me and where I know that his word can fill me. You've got to put some roots down. Oh, wow. Thank you for clearing up the farmer's mess. How inefficient the farmer is, but this is the deal. The farmer is inappropriate, inefficient, because you are worth it. And he will try and get his word into your heart. So one more time, will you pray with me? Soften my heart, Lord. Soften me, Lord. I don't want to be hard. People have trampled on me, but soften me, Lord. I want to receive that you love me. Holy Spirit, I want to receive and I want to develop roots where I say, God, I know that you love me. I want to be rooted into your love. I want to be rooted into your faith. Let me just read you this again. Colossians 2 verse 7 tells us this. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflow with thankfulness. You can only feed your faith if you'll fill your heart with his word and begin to thank him often. Come on, strengthen your faith. Build some, build some roots into your life. Thanks, guys. You see, the inner thinking of Jesus is this. My message, my word to you is so precious that I want it to take root in you so that you become receptive, so that you become fruitful and you produce 130. I'm going to teach you about the next two characteristics. But tonight, just simply walk away today with these two messages. Soften your heart. Dig down into God's love. Dig down into God's love. He loves you. He absolutely really cares about you.